I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Welcome to Crucified. We have one perspective and one perspective only, and that is God is right. I'm your host, Charlie McQuillan, pastor of GraceWorks Bible Church in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, and it is my privilege to be your teacher for this time as we study together, rightly dividing the word of truth. This is our first season and our first episode, and I'm so glad that you have joined us today. Now, before we get into our study, I'd like to give you an idea of of what we're doing, where we're going with this, and what you can expect uh, with this podcast. The purpose is to teach God's word, God's way. And when I say that, I'm thinking of 2 Timothy 2.15, where we read, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We'll say more on that later in later lessons. But we're going to study God's word together, uh, various subjects, books, topics, maybe questions uh, that you have. But we're going to emphasize our identity in Christ, hence the name Crucified. When you hear crucified, think Galatians 2.20, the verse I quoted at the beginning of this. Uh, Think Romans chapter 6. The old man is crucified, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. He says, he that is dead is freed from sin. Look, when you trust Christ as your Savior, God gives you his life, and he identifies you no longer in that old way, that old life, in Adam, but in Christ. You're dead to sin, you're alive to God, and you have a, a new purpose and a new life, and, uh, and a, it's a new reality. And so we're going to emphasize that uh, in, in, uh, in the lessons uh, to come and everything that we do here. So you look forward to that, okay? Uh, now, we're going to also have uh, Q&A episodes. Uh, if you have questions, you can, you can send those questions to crucifiedpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's crucifiedpodcast.com at gmail.com. Uh, we'll have a couple episodes every season where we'll, we'll take those questions and it'll be dedicated to that and go through God's Word and uh, let God be true and every man a liar. Uh, we're also going to interview friends of the ministry, um, uh, pastors, teachers, uh, and we'll be talking about uh, things like uh, applying grace to life and, and different, uh, just, just having fun talking about doctrine and the Word of God and, and the work of the ministry and uh, things of that nature. So that'll be a good time and, and something for you to look forward to. I know I'm looking forward to it as well. Okay, so with uh, those uh, introductions out of the way, let us begin our study. Uh, for the first season here, what I want to do is is look at uh, God's grace display. And I'm talking about the book of Philemon. If you want to know what the crucified life looks like. This is a great little book to show you that. Um, this is uh, this is great. So open up uh, your Bibles. If you have your Bibles, open up to the book of Philemon. Perhaps you have this on uh, in the background. That's fine too. Um, and we're going we're gonna to just do an overview of the book. And, and I want to do today is, is give an overview of, of this letter and, and where the book fits in, uh, the theme of the book, and then kind of just give you a, a basic outline uh, of, of what we're going to read here and, and doctrinally where it fits in, because there is some confusion about, uh, you know, how many letters did the Apostle Paul write, and is this the last one, or is it Hebrews, and, you know, those types of things. So 
hopefully we'll we'll explain some of that in a, in a way that's helpful and also uh, just do a, a have a nice kind of overview and introduction to the book in general. Now, the this letter to Philemon is 25 verses long, 430 words. It is one of uh, 13 of Paul's epistles. Doctrinally, it's last in order. It's not uh, historically or chronologically the you know the last book that that Paul wrote. That would be Second Timothy, but it is last in order doctrinally. And this is this is a book that is written during a time where uh, what we call you know when we refer to as uh, Paul's prison epistles, uh, the first imprisonment there in the end of Acts twenty eight, where where Paul is uh, is in a hired house. The verse says Acts twenty eight. Uh, verses 30 through 31, and there's a two-year period where where Paul is under house arrest, and he and he writes these letters, Ephesians, Philippians, and the book of Colossians, along with this letter to Philemon. And let me just say, uh, one thing that I would suggest, and I think is helpful, is uh, read the book of when you read Philemon every now and then throw in Colossians. It's it's helpful to to do that, and I think you'll you'll see why that is as we we go through the verses in the in the weeks to come. Uh, the purpose of this book it's important to get this. The purpose of this book is to show uh, and and put on display the 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 information that you've learned from the previous twelve books. So you know Romans all the way through Titus. You come to Philemon, and Philemon is kind of a, it just kind of showcases all that information and just puts it on display. I, I would, you know, give you the, the picture. You know how it is. If, let's say, you're renovating, a, you know, your bathroom or your kitchen, and you go to these hardware stores and, and, uh, and, and something to that effect, and you'll see, you know, uh, these displays. Uh, well, I, here's a bathroom display, or, you know, here's the, the sinks and the cabinets and the, you know, all of that. Well, you don't see the nuts and bolts that uh, that went into all that. You don't you don't know anything about the tools. I mean, you might have some experience with that, but you don't have the details as to you know what put it all together. You just see the finished product. Well, Philemon is very much that way. The nuts and the bolts is in the doctrine, reproof, and correction in Paul's epistles. But when you come to Philemon, you kind of see this finished product. Here's what it looks like to take the grace of God. Here's what it looks like to take. Uh, faith and love and and grace and put it on display in your life again if you want to see what the what it means to be crucified with christ nevertheless i live yet not i but christ liveth in me this is a book that showcases it for you in a wonderful way 25 verses and and yet just just rich is all over and you'll really enjoy it just uh just like i have um, and and continue to to enjoy it. Now, if there's a theme verse that you uh, that's associated with the book, that would be verse six. Uh, Philemon and verse six says that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. That's really the point of the the book is to acknowledge every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Now that's the key. If we're going to talk about, you know, every every good thing which is in you, period, well, there's some problems with that. But if we're going to talk about every good thing which is in you in Christ, again, there's the identity. That's what matters. It's in Christ. 
It's in who he is, in his person, in his mind, in his life, on display in your flesh. It's, it's just, that is the key. That is the theme verse uh, of the book. Now, this is a, a letter that is written later in Paul's life. Uh, again, that end of Acts 28 there. So he has some experience in, in, in his ministry. He, he refers to himself as Paul the Aged in verse 9. Uh, so that'll come in, um, in, into uh, importance when we get to verse 9. And this is a book that, that uh, a letter that, that Paul writes um, and sends it, uh, sends it along with Onesimus in verse 12, where he, he says, talking about Onesimus, whom I have sent again, thou therefore receive him, that is mine own bowels. Uh, Onesimus is, is part of the, the, uh, the picture here. Onesimus was a uh, slave, a, a servant of Philemon's, and he ran away from his master, comes across the Apostle Paul, is converted, is trusts Christ under Paul's ministry, much like Philemon did prior to that, you know, uh, years years prior. And uh, Onesimus goes back to Philemon with this letter, and Paul is going to appeal on the basis of, of, of love and, and grace to Philemon to receive Onesimus uh, and to restore him. And so it's it's really a, a beautiful picture. Um when you when you go through the, the 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 rest of the book here, you're going to see this individual Philemon, and again this fits in with First and Second Timothy and Titus, where where Paul writes to individuals, and and this is a ministry book. This is a book that's about um, ministry, about the work of the ministry. It's written it's written about a leader here in this church. Uh, you'll see there in in verse uh, one through three who Philemon is and, and his family and the church that's under his roof. And uh, so uh, read with me verse 1. He says, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer, and to our beloved Aphia and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in thy house. So he's, dearly, he's a dearly beloved brother. He's a fellow laborer. And in verse 2, we see his wife, Aphia, at least that's kind of the implication, and Archippus, the, the, uh, the idea there is uh, perhaps that's his son, and Archippus is our fellow soldier, he says, to the church uh, and to the church in thy house. So Philemon and, and Archippus, or you know, one of them or both of them, are, are leaders of that assembly. Look with me at Colossians chapter 4. Let's, let's uh, look here uh, at Colossians chapter 4. And and I want to uh, explain, you know, we're not going to take the time to, today uh, in this episode uh, talking about, you know, was Colossians written first or Philemon? Were both letters, you know, sent together? There's some talk about that. And uh, I'll, I'll give you my, my understanding of that. But uh, when you come to the, the book of Colossians chapter 4, uh, you will you will see many of the same people in Colossians show up in Philemon, and and so there's uh, there's a correlation between the two, and uh, in verse seven he mentions Tychicus uh, of Colossians chapter four. Come down to verse nine, he says, "With Onesimus, there he is, a faithful and beloved brother who is one of you." So Onesimus is a Colossian, and and in verse. Uh, he calls him a faithful and beloved brother who is one of you. They shall make known unto you all things which are done here. Look at verse 12. 
Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that ye may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Uh, Epaphras uh, is mentioned in the book of Philemon. Come down to verse uh, 17. Uh, Colossians chapter 4, verse 17, And say to Archippus, Take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. So uh, there's, again, many of those same names appearing. Uh, Archippus, he, he exhorts him to take heed to the ministry which he's received in the Lord and fulfill it. Um, that's a very interesting verse. But uh, Onesimus is a Colossian, Epaphras is a Colossian, and Archippus there, uh, the, the assumption there is he's a Colossian. That's, and, and what would that make Philemon? <laughs> a Colossian. And so when Paul writes the letter to, uh, to the Colossians, who's in the mix? Well, Philemon's in, uh, in, in that audience as well. So you want to, that's why I say when you, you know, every now and then, um, you know, you're not adding that much extra reading. When you read Philemon or you read Colossians, you know, throw, throw one of the other books in there and, um, and you'll, you'll see some really good connections. So let's go back to the, the book of Philemon. And in verse 1, he, uh, he introduces Philemon, and he talks about Aphia and Archippus in verse 2, the church in, his, in, in the house. Uh, now, verse 3, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God, making mention of thee always in my prayers, hearing of thy love and faith, which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints. And I love that verse, uh, hearing of thy love and faith which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints. You know, Philemon has a sincere uh, love and, and uh, uh, faith uh, towards the Lord. And, and that's, you know, when, when, you, when you have your heart right like that, uh, it's, it's kind of natural to, to have love and faith towards the saints, towards members of his body. And that's the kind of uh, character that Philemon carried. That was that was uh, the maturity and uh, the the understanding that he had. He was a mature believer, uh, a leader of that assembly, uh, who who had love and faith toward Jesus, to, towards the Lord Jesus, and toward all the saints. Really great verse there. Now, uh, let's just pause here a moment. Uh, we're going to pick up verse six in in some detail next time. What I want to do for just the, the remainder of our time here is kind of explain where this book fits in. So you have, you have a general overview, some things that you can, can compare and look at. But where does this book fit in? Why is it last in Paul's epistles? Uh, you know, what, what's going on with all of that? And I want to show you a verse here. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. And, and verse 13 Paul makes a statement here to Timothy where he says, uh, verse 13, Hold fast the form of sound words, which thou hast heard of me in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. He says, hold fast the form of sound words. You know, it's one thing to have the sound words uh, of, of, of God's book, but it's another thing to hold fast the form, the structure, the, 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 the blueprint, if you will, of those sound words. And, and so there's a structure to it. And look at, you're there in 2 Timothy 1. In chapter 3, 
chapter 3, verse, verse 16, we read, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. For what purpose? That the man of God may be perfect. Now, when he says perfect there, he's not talking about sinless. He's talking about, you know, mature. He's, he's, he's grown up. Um, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. God's word furnishes you unto all good works. Now, all scripture is given by inspiration and is profitable. And he's going to mention doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness. And when you look at Paul's epistles, Romans through Philemon, that, that structure there, that, that form, that pattern cycles through those books um, as, as follows. Uh, when you, for example, when you come to the book of Romans, that book, it, again, historically not uh, Paul's first letter that he, that he had uh, written, uh, you know, that's historically written in, in the beginning of Acts chapter 20, like 2 Corinthians. Uh, you know, Galatians, I believe Galatians is the first book that uh, that Paul ever wrote. And then you have First and Second Thessalonians, First Corinthians, uh, you'll have Second Corinthians, Romans, and, and then on it goes. So uh, not the first book that, that he, he had written historically, but doctrinally it shows up first. And the book of Romans is a book of doctrine that establishes the believer in faith, establishes the believer in the cross work of Jesus Christ, establishes the believer in the grace of God. I mean, that's what it's for. There are, there are four sections to the book of Romans. I'll just give you these quick, uh, you know, kind of layouts so, and so that you can see it. And as you study and you read through those books yourself, you'll see this this doctrine-reproof-correction, doctrine-reproof-correction kind of cycle uh, through Paul's epistles. The Hebrew epistles, by the way, have, have a same uh, similar pattern. Now, in Romans, there are, there are four sections to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 1 all the way through chapter 5 deals with the issues of justification, the doctrine of justification, how you are right with God. Now, what you learn there is that, one, all, all are uh, uh, under sin. There are none righteous, uh, no, not one. There's none that doeth good, no, not one. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And you know what? You and I got a problem when we come into this world, and that is we have a sin problem. Well, how do we deal with the sin problem? Well, Paul's going to explain that in Romans 1 to 5. How, how, you know, by the time you get to chapter 5 of the book of Romans, verse 1, uh, we, we read there, uh, Romans 5.1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Okay, so how do, I, how do I become therefore justified? Well, by faith. Faith in what? Well, first of all, you got to recognize that, one, you're a sinner. you got a sin problem, man. And you need to deal with that. And it's not going to be your good works. It's not going to be keeping the Ten Commandments. You can't do that. I'm sorry. The Ten Commandments are, is not a standard by which you attain righteousness. It is, a it is a standard that points out your unrighteousness. So it's not going to be your law-keeping. It's not going to be your, your good intentions. It's not going to be your good works, your religion. Forget all that. You're bankrupt, man. You know? And uh, so what, what do you do? Well, he says uh, the law is the knowledge of sin. Uh, let's let's look at let me look at that verse there. Romans chapter three, 
Romans chapter 3, notice verse 20. Romans chapter 3, you can hear the pages flipping, I'm sure. Romans chapter 3, verse 20, Therefore by the deeds of the law there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. That's what the law is, the Ten Commandments, all the like. It points out your sin. It's a condemner. Now, verse 21, But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Verse 24 now, being justified, that is to be declared righteous, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. How do I become right with God? Well, it's through the redemption that's in Christ Jesus. Verse 25, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation. That word propitiation means a satisfying payment, a sacrifice that satisfies the justice of God. God set Jesus Christ forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness, that, the, that, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. How is God going to be just, right, in making a lost sinner righteous? Well, what he does is he takes that, that sacrifice that satisfies the, ju- the justice of God, uh, uh, the blood of Christ. He puts our sin on Christ, judges G- the Lord Jesus Christ for, uh, for our sin, puts it on him, put, uh, imputes it to his account. And when you believe in the salvation message, in, in, the, in the grace of God, when, when the, the gospel is today that Jesus Christ died for our sins, was buried, and rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. When you believe that message, God saves you. Listen, your sin is the thing that separates you from God. And if, if, you, if you're not going to take advantage of the offer, the free gift of eternal life, you're going to have to pay your own way for your sins. And that's eternal death in the lake of fire. No second chances. The last breath you take, you better be certain of where you're going to go when you die. And God says, I, in, in essence, listen, I took your sin, that, that judgment against your sin, I put it on my son. He was the sacrifice that satisfied my justice. You know, you ever wonder why is, why is hell eternal? Why is the lake of fire eternal? And Christ only, you know, hung on that cross and, you know, for, for a matter of hours. Because he satisfied the justice of God, you never will. Now, by faith, you can trust that message. And God will save you. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And God wants to see your faith just, just trusting his son. And he saves you, gives you eternal life, gives you righteousness as a free gift, gives you a home in heaven, total and complete forgiveness of sins, all as a free gift. And you could say with many others, in, uh, like in Romans 5.1, therefore being justified by faith. 
we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's good news. And so Romans chapter uh, 1 to 5 deals with the doctrine of justification. 6, 7, and 8, chapter 6, 7, and 8 deals with our identification. Chapters 9, 10, and 11 uh, is going to, to teach us about the dispensational matters. What happened to Israel? How come, you know, here was, the, here was a nation that was God's chosen favored people, and, and God had a, a, a plan uh, of redemption and fulfillment and, and blessing on the earth through the nation Israel? Salvation to the Gentiles was going to be reached through the blessed rise of Israel. That hasn't happened. Why not? Well, God explains that in those chapters, and he explains that it's not through Israel's uh, rise today, but rather through their fall. God has, con- God has concluded all in unbelief, Jew and Gentile alike, that he might have mercy on all, and, and, uh, and that he might save some that believe. So Romans 9, 10, and 11, he's going to deal with, with that issue where you fit in with the program of God today. And then chapters 12 through 16 is some practical instruction on how to take that identification uh, that you have in Romans 6, 7, 8, and 8, and then how you put that on display, some, some positive, affirmative instruction on how to live life. Now, that is a book of doctrine. First and Second Corinthians is a book of reproof. It corrects the behavior that's not in line with the doctrine of Romans. Then you have the books of uh, the book of Galatians. That is a book that corrects bad doctrine, bad thinking. The Galatians were getting caught up with legalism and the works of the law and trying to establish righteousness and you know, kind of making their own sanctification, as it were, and uh, practically speaking. And and Paul says, no, no, no. You're falling from grace. You, you, need to, you need to go back to that, that liberty that sets you free from that bondage. Don't get caught up in, in legalism, but stand in the liberty of grace. And so he corrects their bad thinking. Doctrine, reproof, correction. When you come to Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, same, same pattern. Doctrine, reproof, correction. Ephesians is a book of doctrine that teaches us about the, the purpose and, and the calling of, of, of Christ's body, the church, the body of Christ, and, and teaches us and, and establishes us in, in, in the love of Christ, how to walk in love, and, and the goal of the church, our heavenly calling, our heavenly purpose. And then Philippians is a book of reproof. Again, correcting behavior, reproving behavior that's not in line with the doctrine found in Ephesians. And then you have Colossians, which is a book of correction. Again, correcting thinking that, uh, that needs to be readjusted based on what you had learned previous. Uh, you know, it's, it's fascinating to, to, to note, in, in Ephesians, you see the body of Christ. There's an emphasis on the body of Christ. Colossians, you see the head the Colossians, their problem was they were not holding the head, Christ. They were they were replacing the head with, you know, some other way of thinking. That was human viewpoint. Not the wisdom that's in the, the treasures of wisdom and knowledge that are found in Christ. So you have the, the body of Christ. You have the head, which is Christ, the head of the body. And then Philippians is the mind of Christ. Doctrine, reproof, correction. When you come to First and Second Thessalonians, you have books about uh, another doctrinal 
uh, pair of books, uh, about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, our resurrection, the hope, our glory, our future glory. And he, and he deals with that. Now, once you're caught up to meet the Lord in the air, there's, there's no more need for the reproof and the correction, and so you move on. Now, when you come to First, Second Timothy, Titus, and Philemon, those are uh, four letters that, are, that focus on the congregation and the fellowship that we have in the work of the ministry. Now, First Timothy, we're going to have an emphasis on the, the rot that ta- has taken place in the church, the, the doctrinal uh, departure. They're going back under the law, teaching, teaching things that they, they don't understand and they, you know, they don't know what they're talking about, Paul says in, in 1 Timothy. Keep them, you know, be sound in the doctrine. By the time you get to 2 Timothy, the church is in full-blown apostasy. And so uh, you see the rot of the church, you see the ruin of it. In the book of Titus, you see how to faithfully minister in a rebellious uh, context. And then Philemon is a book of restoration, and that's what you see with uh, Onesimus and Philemon, and 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 him going back. He was he was a servant of sin, and he's free from righteousness, you know, but he's still in bondage. And then you see Onesimus go back, free from sin, and now a servant to righteousness, does the right thing, goes back to his master, and you see you see the receiving and the restoration. It's really a, a wonderful picture of what happens to a believer. Now, what you're going to see in those books, those individual letters, 1 Timothy through Philemon, is uh, an emphasis on godliness and instruction in righteousness. And that's where Philemon fits in. It's a book that takes all that doctrine, all that reproof, all that correction, and says, here's what that produces. You need all of it. Here's what it produces in your life. And he puts it on display. And, and friend, we're going to see some wonderful things in this little letter. And uh, I trust it'll be a beneficial time for you uh, as, we, as we go through these verses. Now, let me just paint a picture for you of what's to come. We'll close there. We'll leave it at that, but what you can expect in the, in the, the lessons to come, one is we're going to look at uh, verse 6, the theme verse of Philemon. We will look at the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus, and then we're going to look at love, and, and what is love? What is, what is biblical love and charity and the difference between commanding and beseeching? And then there's one name in the book, that embodies Paul's personal experience, much like the, the, the one between Philemon and Onesimus. Then we have, and uh, we're going to follow that with uh, Ones- looking at Onesimus, uh, looking at the issues of redemption, regeneration, reception, and restoration. And then after that, we'll look at how to make good and godly choices, decisions. And what is the, uh, the scriptural uh, view of how to make good, wise decisions. What's the thinking process that you need to go through to make those choices? And then we'll we'll close with the language of grace, and uh, and the the very um, just some really wonderful gems and riches that we find in the book of Philemon that just make it so fun to to uh, 
uh, renew your mind in and 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 enjoy. So we we have a good time in front of us, and uh, uh, we'll we'll dig in uh, next time. So thank you for listening, and I look forward to our time together as as we continue our, our study through this book. And uh, if this has been hel- uh, helpful to you or uh, uh, beneficial in any way, uh, and 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 I pray it's been enlightening and, and will be enlightening. Uh, if that's the case, um, you know, subscribe. Uh, that way you'll get notified for uh, the, the new lessons when they come out. Until then, uh, get in God's Word, you know. Enjoy life and serve the one who gave it to you. Praise the Lord.